all. Happy new season and welcome to the 75th edition of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that couldn't take itself seriously if it tried. I'm Michael Bailey. I cover the Canaries for The Athletic. A very good evening to you all. And for the first time since May, I hope this finds you safe and well. Look at that. Absolutely seamless. Um, On the way, summer selling happened so fast. Uh, Transfer buying a trickier task. And is there any way Delia can cook them for just a little longer? We will work through all that and more with our guests this fine evening. They are our own Scottish maestro, commentator and journalist, Stuart Hodge. Hi, everybody. I'm on a telephone go. connection tonight because my laptop broke. So, or well, actually, I threw it against a chair leg inadvertently and the screen smashed. So, yeah, if my phone gets dodgy tonight and I disappear randomly, that's why. But good evening, everyone. It's good to be back. It's beautiful to see you. We also have Canary songsmith John Rogers. Hello, everyone. Hello, Michael. Hello, Maddie. And hello, Mr. Hodgie the Hack at Hodgie the Hack. <laughs> Beautifully done. And uh, a long come Norwich contributor and debutant on On the Ball, Maddie McKenzie. Good evening, Maddie. Hello, hello, hello. I feel like I've gone a bit informal. Everyone's got, you know, surnames and Hoddy's got his Twitter out. I'm just Maddie. You know, that's all you're getting. You're just getting Maddie. That's fine. Like Prince. That is the, the strength <laughs> of your brand there, Maddie, is in yeah. your first name. I, so, I oh, well done. Hodgie, Hodgie approves, <laughs> which is good. Um, uh, rest assured, we will have all the usual on the ball regulars as well on the pod over the course of the spe- uh, the season, especially if I can convince them that recording uh, live via video stream uh, isn't so uh, bad. Um, but of course, we've got you guys tonight, which is absolutely brilliant for our season preview, which is very exciting. Um, how have we summered? Um, have we summered well? Hodgie, have you summered well? Oh, I keep putting my mic on mute because otherwise it's going to echo. I <laughs> think I have summered pretty well for a Scottish guy. Uh, the Euros Michael fun. and I think there's breaking news because people are saying, oh. look at Rashida's um, Instagram. Should we do it's that? It's good. Can it's worth this? an interruption. Go, go, go. John, break the news. Whose Instagram are we looking I'm, at? I'm, here we go. I'm looking. There is a picture of him. Hey, Josh Sargent, where are you? And it's a picture of Josh Sh- Sargent. I can't say Josh Sargent because everyone's going to do that. Sure. So maybe they're both together. Maybe they're not. No. Maybe they're doing something. Norwich City Football Club is hashtagged it as well. So I think that's a kind of official, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, indeed. Surprise, Although, uh, the, 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 Surprise. The, email, uh, the email I've got, I can't say anything about until half past eight, apparently. And it's uh, 8.16. Oh. So uh, maybe someone's gone early. But um, there we go. Yes, I would imagine... Josh Sargent is an orange player, which I was kind of expecting to break. Um, so there we go. That's exciting. Um, well, like which, a, okay. Should we go, should we go straight into it then? They could have done a double signing, couldn't they? If he's like, when's the last time Norwich did a double signing or any club did a double signing? They used to do them back in the day, didn't they? Um, yeah, I've, I've a feeling. Well, I remember Norwich had a press conference with three signings at one point, which was Jacob Butterfield, Stephen Whitaker, or. Who was the wow. third? Bradley Johnson. Yeah. Oh, could have... Wow. Trio. I don't think they were all announced at the same time, but they've certainly come in front of us in the same time. You don't say that. Charlie. Sorry. sorry. Um, Good memory. No, that... cool. <laughs> Let's assume it was true. Um, 
Breaking news. That is exciting. That takes us straight into uh, headline act, which is what we usually start with. So uh, away we go. Um, as I, uh, as I was going to say, I wanted to really get stuck into the transfer business. Um, and a lot has happened over the course of the summer. But uh, let's start with Josh uh, Sargent, as I, mean, I presume it's going to get confirmed in the next 15 minutes. So there we go. But um, I mean, um, John, I'll come to you first. What is is this an ex is this is this a sort of signing that uh, gets your juices pumping? Well, I, I, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the everyman of this podcast because I don't know much about him. I don't think many people do. I mean, people have kind of like googled him and looked at his YouTube video of him like like doing that the control and knocking it over the goalkeeper and putting it in, which looks amazing. But it looks like um, you have to go up with people what they said. I saw Dan O'Hagan tweet something about him being a hard worker, runs hard does the channels, wins headers, not the greatest finisher of things, but it sounds like he might be an upgrade to, to Hugh Gill, who I think he might be on the way as well. So maybe it's kind of that, it's just upgrading players that we want to leave or are not going to cut it in, in the Premier League, I guess. So I'm looking forward to look, you know, seeing what he can do. And I don't think he'll be a starter over Pookie, honestly, but he's young. He'll be an excellent kind of uh, player for the future, maybe. Who knows? I mean, I, I, unless people have seen other things of him, then you, you can tell me, Michael, or, or Maddie and, and Hodgie can tell me more about him because I just, apart from his YouTube video, that's all I know. Hodgie, have you seen much? Well, I mean, I saw a few clips of him and I could see that he played, um, it occasionally has played in a slightly deeper role as well, um, in a sort of a, a three or, or out wide. Um, he's not particularly prolific in terms of his goal scoring, but he's actually, you know, he's what, 21 years old and he's, uh, he's 6'1 and he seems quite, there seems to be a bit of intelligent movement there. And for a young age, he's already a USA international, Maddie, and he's been playing in the Bundesliga, not, not exclusively here. Yeah. I think, um, uh, so I may have played a bit in, I think, in Bundesliga too, but you know, I mean, so have most Norwich players. So, it, <laughs> in terms of the second tier in England, so um, yeah, I mean, how do you see it? Yeah, I know even less about him than John because I haven't even watched the highlights. You know, I think <laughs> the most I know about Sergeant is that I watched his plane land at Norwich Airport on Flight Tracker this afternoon. So that's oh, about my involvement yeah. with his yeah. signing so far. But if he can do what if he can do to Pookie what Fairman did to Krull, then that's all we need, really, isn't it? You know, obviously Pookie tailed off a bit in the end of the last Premier League season and he had the injury, so that couldn't have helped. But if you have someone behind him who we know has the potential to usurp his place, because I think, you know, as, as great as Ida is and as fantastic as his potential is, I don't think he's likely to usurp Pookie as a starter. So if we have Sergeant coming in and Farker saying, well, he's there, he's competition, maybe it'll help him push on. I don't know. As long as we have someone scoring regular goals, I don't think it really matters whether it comes from Pookie or Sergeant. And I'm just happy that Daniel Clark has got a nice young player, a nice international that he can develop. It's his, you know, it's his modus operandi and I can't wait to see what he does with them. Go on, Archie. Mm. A couple of, couple of points uh, and I, I realise that I'm on a slight delay to everyone else so I'm going to be that <laughs> equity voice that kind of comes into either every so often. So I'm going to, this to the I'm first going to go question, like longer no? <laughs> So this, this is the both first point is, Maddie, I think you're part of this uh, denomination of Norwich City fans who have 
like doubled, trebled, quadrupled the amount of people on that flight tracker website because I keep seeing screenshots all over the place of people watching planes. It's like the modern day plane spotting. Like, I don't know if you wear a jacket and put binoculars on when you do it, but um, I, I, I quite like I quite like the fact that we are uh, Norwich City fans are, are taking the lead in that. Secondly, I, about sorry, Sergeant, Hodgie, just then. Uh, hopefully, he's not completely. More breaking news. I got, no, no. Can I just? Oh. <laughs> sorry, Haji. We'll come back to you. Can I just say that there was, I think, one point where everyone was wondering what this plane was doing, flying from somewhere in Europe to Norwich, and apparently it was coming back to get cleaned, but people couldn't deal with that because it was a private jet coming flying into Norwich, and it must have had a player on it, which I, I quite liked as a story. But anyway, yes. Point two, Haji. Sorry. Uh, sorry, I point to that, that this is going to be fun. Um, RAF Lakenheath has just jumped into my head because my head's weird. Um, so, yes, J Josh Sargent, hopefully not get feet like John Sargent, did ask about him, haven't seen much of him myself, did ask, got a few people I know that cover German football, Dan O'Hagan among them, and sort of a few people that I know from back in my Eurosport days, whose opinions I trust. And the, the chief kind of theme that came through is this is our version of a kind of duck cout type player. This is a player that can kind of play in the, the wider role or up front. He's going to be hard working. He's going to bring the players around about him into the game. And although he might not be prolific, I think he's going to win Norwich City fans over. He's endeavour. He's work rate. And I think the, the eye test will be the, 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 the telling thing for Norwich City fans with him. And I think I think he's going to pass that with flying colours. I also think he's a different kind of option to that which we've got because Pookie's obviously very prolific, particularly likes playing on the shoulder and very much as the as the kind of number nine. This is a guy that's going to be more of a kind of focal point of the attack in terms of bringing everyone else in. So I think that's that's really good. And then Adam Eda's more of your kind of all-round modern-day striker. So within those three, you've got three very different options and of a higher calibre, I think, in terms of the the sort of some of the parts than we had last time we were in this division, so I think it's another another good piece of business. And again, if he if he does the job to the standard that we're hoping and expecting, uh, or maybe more hoping in this case, then I think ten million euros should should prove to be another shrewd piece of business. Yeah, it's a lot of money, and it's going to it's going to make uh, for a fascinating situation with Jordan Hugill. Um, who I would imagine will have people in the championship who would like to take him on, um, especially. And, and Adam Ida, who's had a strange preseason for me. Um, the, the prolonged spells of watching him going, you're just not, you're just not taking your opportunity here, Adam. And then he generally scored about 10, two minutes after I thought that. Um, so, you know, in terms of actually poaching goals and showing his predatory instinct, which I think Daniel Farker said at the weekend, it's all, or might have been after the uh, the Gillingham game, it's all there. It's the it's the sort of work around it um, and that sort of involvement in the game maybe that hasn't hasn't been there. But, you know, he's a young man, lots of potential, and I guess it's sort of sliding the bar, the bar between, um, you know, having that potential and trying to, uh, trying to deliver um, some of it to keep things going. Um, Obviously, an interesting dynamic, which I guess came from the first spot of it, John, which is um, that Josh has obviously played with uh, Milot Krasitsa, who Norwich have spent £9.4 million on as a signing from Werder Bremen. Um, I did a bit on that on The Athletic, obviously, so you can read that. That was earlier in the summer. Uh, but a genuinely exciting player. I'd have to say he hasn't looked particularly fit 
so far in preseason. He's had a bit of a hampered, hampered one, as they all have, and we'll get stuck into that in a bit, I'm sure. But um, so we have to sort of take that with a pinch of salt. And maybe he's going to be someone that will take a, a bit of time to get up to speed. But I, I do kind of feel, John, that he's someone who, once he gets up to speed, will will look the part. And also, it's I kind of like this idea of signing not necessarily double signings like you suggested, but players who kind of know each other, who, who you know, the t- those two, Milot and Josh, will have played together um, for Werder quite a bit. And then if Norwich do pull off the signing of Christos uh, Jolis, I think it is, um, then he has played alongside Dimi um, Janulis at Pauk. So, you know, again, two players have kind of played on the left over there and, and sort of seem to mesh quite well in, in their better moments. So I guess that, that certainly bodes well from a Milot and a Josh perspective. Well, I'm glad you said that because I got excited in the, in the breaking news fury that was fl- flickering around. Me. But I, I, I thought it was the new guy that was coming in. That, and that, as you, yeah, have we just have we just again. broken have we just broken the transfer without meaning? No, to, I, I, I assumed it was the other guy who was going to be coming as well. The I can't say his name. You have to say it for me. The, the, the Greek. Winger. Christos Jolis. So yeah, someone has said that... I thought it was him doing a tweet about, oh, sorry, an Instagram post about it. That's why I said the double signing. So I thought they were both joining. But obviously it wasn't. Oh, okay. It was it was Rashika. So well, there we go. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to have that camaraderie with people, isn't it? It's that always helps. Maybe it's one of the lessons that um, they learned in their first season. There wasn't enough co- togetherness. We have brought these new players in who didn't know each other, maybe didn't speak the language very well. I know that the guys who they have brought in have kind of really got really good English as well. It kind of helps sometimes in, when you're into the into a new club and a new team. Maybe that's going to help things. I don't know. Who knows? But the thing is, no one knows about preseason because we've missed a lot of it. We haven't seen... I've seen one game of preseason. That was a Gillingham game where everyone wet their knickers about how we're going to be flying into Europe. And then the Newcastle game came along and everyone's wet their knickers again and how we're going to be relegated before we've even scored a goal. So I, it's been a weird, disruptive, inconclusive preseason. So it's difficult to kind of give a good comment about what's happening at the moment. But hopefully everyone knows each other, everyone loves each other and we'll be mid-table obscurity by christmas the the delights of premier league mid-table obscurity wouldn't that be lovely um which does that make me think of um pierre les malou who norwich have signed from from nice for three and a half million pounds which when you watch him you think that's an hilarious fee for someone who was nice captain and played uh, you know the very one of france's biggest teams really um I mean, under PSG, who are just in a different stratosphere, obviously. But um, uh, yes, I, I remember someone, a few few people have sort of said to me, oh, he's nothing more than an average Premier League player, really. And I'm like, well, we'll definitely take some of those because <laughs> if Norwich have got some average Premier League players, we're doing OK. Um, have it's you, like have Steeperman you... and Vrancic, and just going to go <laughs> together and he's going to come up like, just come out of that little, like the fly. He's come out looking like. <laughs> I've, I've I've got a different I've got a different idea on that. I, I think, uh, and I, I don't ever know if my my things getting through the ether, but I'll try. Uh, I think what they're trying to do is they're basically replacing various of the facets of Amy Buendia's game with three different players. So the high press, the tenacity, 
that Emmy showed in terms of winning the ball up the pitch. I think Pierre Lesmalou's got a bit of that. He's also got the distance shooting of Rancic, which you're right, John. Uh, or, well, maybe not quite, but like he's going to offer a threat from outside the box, which is something we badly needed, I think. Uh, so he's bringing the tenacity. Billy Gilmore's bringing the eye for a pass and the ability to play it through with the sort of slide rules and the outside of the foot type stuff. And hopefully when it comes to the dribbling and, and some of that aspect of Emmy's game, that's where Christos Jolis is going to come in and do the the business and that sort of score. So I am I'm, I'm quite excited by that. But actually of the players that we've brought in already, Les Malou is the one that I'm most excited about. I think he looks the real deal. And I think it's going to be another one. So Norwich City are always you always think of them as buying players and then bringing them in so that they've got sell-on fee as an asset, right? I don't think that Pierre Lesnar lose that. He's going to be a player that comes in. He's an experienced player. We might not sell him in on for any money, but he's an absolute snip at that price we got him. And I think we're going to get massive, massive value out of that transfer fee over the course of his contract. And bringing that experience in, I think, is absolutely vital with this young squad of players round about him. I will just cut you off there because, um, uh, yeah, you may have got a slight um, he- heading ahead of uh, ahead of time there, but it's eight thirty. Norwich have confirmed the signing of Josh Sargent on well, an undisclosed fee, but we, we know that's sort of um, eight north, eight million north. He signed a four-year contract. Uh, if you'd like some live quotes, how about this? Um, Sergeant said, I've always wanted to play in the Premier League, so it's a very exciting opportunity for me. Uh, I heard it's a good group of guys, and I talk, imagine the US accent. I heard it's a good group of guys, and I talked with the head coach already, and I really liked what they're trying to do here. I think I like to think my main position is a number nine, but I'm also very versatile. No matter where I play, everyone can expect that I will give my all, my 100%, and hopefully score some goals. Thanks for the picture, John. Nailed it. Um, How good is the hair, by the? He does have yes, wonderful. Hair. I like the one of him pointing to Milo's son on the locker. Yeah. <laughs> um, head coach Daniel Farker said, "This is obviously from Canaries.co.uk." Uh, we're really happy to. Ha- I'm not doing a Daniel Farker impression, by the way. We really, uh, we're really happy to have Josh with us. He's at a young age with lots of potential. There was a lot of interest in him, so we must pay many compliments to Stuart Webber for getting this deal done. Josh has a lot of experience in the top level in the Bundesliga in Germany and has been there with many goals and assists. He has also scored goals for his national team. He's a very good striking option for us, but is someone who can also play on the wing. He's been listening to me. Uh, He has pace and is also good with his head. We know he is always there with a big workload. And has a fantastic character. Uh, we know we have no to be. No mention of teeth, though, was there? Look, look at that. They are fantastic. Well, those are pearly, aren't they? Are we, uh, not we're going for not going for generalizations, but most of the American people I've ever met have had beautiful teeth. Um, finally, from Daniel Farker, we know we have to be a bit more creative in the transfer market. We think we have a player in Josh who can contribute and develop into a top goal scorer on Premier League level. We see his potential, and are delighted to have him with us i mean you know reading between the lines there you could possibly say that some people maybe think it's a jump too far too soon for josh but we'll see because that's norwich being creative isn't it uh, so there we go norwich have got their fifth signing of the summer we've already spoken about uh one of them which was milot rashitsa uh, another one which is pierre les melu and yes i am practicing their pronunciations um christos jolis as you say is one where i would say norwich is still working on that and 
you know, I, th I think there may be a bit to do and I think they're a bit reticent to say too much until he's sort of over here doing stuff properly. So um, fingers crossed, because I have to say he looks a bit of a player, <laughs> but uh, we, we will see. Don't tell anyone that and hopefully signs for Norwich uh, sooner rather than later. He'd be a, a great attacking option, um, which I think then only leaves... Uh, Angus Gunn, who is back at Norwich, which is obviously exciting. And that's one for the future, I think, um, given we'll have to see what uh, Tim Krul wants to do over the coming years, I suppose, as much as he's loved here. And uh, then the final one is, of course, Billy Gilmore, who is here on loan from Celtic. Uh, give me a quick wrap of... Uh, of no, not um, from Billy... Celtic, mate. Not from Celtic, from Chelsea. Hey! Hey, what hey, say? hey, you say he's from Celtic. Did I yeah, say Celtic? Yeah, yeah. Kind of funny, would it? not like you to say Whoops. that he's come for Celtic, mate. That Freudian would be, slip. Uh, that would be a, a war crime Ooh. in the household of the Gilmores, I would suggest. You never give you a point now. I was just checking everyone was listening. Um, I, I don't know why I've said that. That's random. But it is, of course, from Chelsea. Um, Stu, I mean... What more do you want? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, are we excited about Billy Gilmore? He is a very hyped player, a very um, assured, impressive young man when you speak to him as well. Um, you know, he's played on the highest level and he's impressed at the Euros. So there's lots um, there's lots going for him, Maddie. I mean, is it one that excites you or do you still think, well, yeah, but we need an Ollie Skip replacement? It's difficult, isn't it? I would love Ollie Skip back and I'd love to see Skip playing with Gilmore. It would just be, it'd be beautiful. But I think it looks likely that the Skip ship has sailed. It's difficult because if it was 100% that we couldn't get Skip, I think maybe we'd have Brandon Williams in by now. And it seems like they're keeping that loan option open. So I think as long as we don't have Brandon Williams, there's still a bit of hope for Skip. But yeah, Gilmore just looks, just looks the part. I mean, the Champions League winner. You know, what more could you want on loan for a season? And he looked he looked awesome against England for the Euros. He looked absolutely fantastic. Scotland's best player by a mile. And it was a shame oh, that he had to miss. <laughs> Wait. Sorry, <Hoddy. laughs> Who would you say was? Don't start that. On, no, 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 no. I said, I said oh, oh, I also, by the way, the, the single best sentence that will be uttered in this podcast this season is the skip ship has sailed. That's magnificent use of English. Um, but talking about Scottish, when we beat you now now at Wembley, oh my goodness, <laughs> Billy yeah. Gilmore. You celebrated like start. it was, yeah. Oh, I, well, obviously. I mean, look, celebrated that nearly as much as Italy winning the final um, in Scotland. Now, I <laughs> I think uh, Billy Gilmore was amazing that night. I think he played with the assurance of someone a lot older than he is. But you kind of expect that because any time he stepped in, see, they weren't a man of the match awards he got when he stepped into that Chelsea first team. Per ratio of games that he played was was staggering. And he's one of those players that can dominate a game from that deep pocket. But you, you mentioned about bringing Ollie Skip in, Michael. He's not going to be a replacement for Ollie Skip. He's a different type of player. If we were still playing sort of 4-2-3-1, then maybe he would play in a similar area of the field. But I think part of the move to a three is we're getting the most out of Billy Gilmore and Pierre-Les Malou and the other midfielders that we've got in mind. I think defensive midfield's an area that we're definitely still looking to strengthen. So we be interested to see what we do in the rest of the window in terms of that going forward. But Billy Gilmore's such an acquisition for Norwich City. And if we only get him, obviously hoping that he manages to get a full campaign with us. And I've got two two sort of horses in this race. So I'm thinking in terms of his development for Scotland in the long run, it's going to be brilliant to see him come to Norwich City, a footballing team, right? And he's going to play every week pretty much as long as he keeps his jersey. We know Daniel Farker doesn't change a, a team that's playing well. Hopefully Billy Gilmore can be part of that. But for Norwich City, we're getting 
there's only certain windows of opportunity for Norwich City to get players of a certain calibre and talent. Emi Buendia, we benefited from the fact that, that he was sort of knocking around maybe kind of more unfashionable teams than he should have been, given the, the level of talent that he has. And then we brought him here and turned him into a, a 40 million quid player. So that's that, that that's us seizing on a window of opportunity. Temu Pukit was the right move at the right time. And there's been different ones where we've kind of brought players in and it's been like, right, this is the right move for them to go to Norwich City. But to get a young player of that standard, there are few sort of players that you can get and you can bring in. And us being in the Premier League, Thomas Tuchel and Daniel Fark have been good pals and there's been a great trust between them. That's the, the, the There's been various sort of things along the way that have led to Billy Gilmer arriving at Norwich City and... I mean, he's three miles down the road for me. I could not be happier. This is such an alignment of the stars and planets for me. And I'm so excited. One for Hodgie. It's one for Hodgie. Going to be fascinating watching Billy Gilmore because, um, you know, watching the Newcastle friendly, and I'm really reticent to read too much into it. um, I thought there were one or two times when he got caught out a bit. And I think the the best thing about Ollie Skip was he learned really quickly over the first month of last season and became a really important part of the team. I think Billy is going to have to do the same thing. And I think it'll, it'll be on him really, because if he, if he starts looking at it and going, well, why were you not here when I was trying to pass it? If he starts looking at the reasons elsewhere, why things aren't coming off, then it might become tricky. So I think we'll see, we'll, we'll get a really interesting insight into what Billy Gilmore is as a, as a player and how he develops. John, you had your arm finger up. I know. I just, I just pointing at you talking. I just, I, it's nice <laughs> that um, uh, the family are following him around and wearing Norwich shirts as well. I don't know if you've seen it on on the social medias that his fa- whole family had Norwich shirts and having pictures and not the home shirt, the locals. Yeah, exactly. And, Which and, shirt and was it? it? Which one was it? Oh, I don't know. Away one, I think. The away one. Blimey. John's light's gone, gone out. The the away shirt, by the way, is beautiful. Uh, this this season's away Damn shirt it. is a thing of beauty. I have oh, to say. Oh, it's lovely. Um, so there we go. Um, so yeah, uh, just in terms of incomings, so I think Norwich will go quite late into the window for once. We'll have to see how the opening games of the season go. But the window does close on the thirty first of August at I guess eleven pm. I'm assuming. Um, I expect at the moment that they're probably trying to see if they can get a centre back in, but you know I think they're top targets for improving their centre-back options have all gone, so it's difficult to see whether they're going to spend more money on someone who comes in to compete, or whether they try and do a stopgap, I'm not really sure. I think they want someone who can cover both full-backs, which would be Brandon Williams, but as Maddie mentioned, you get him in on loan, you've already got Billy Gilmore on loan, you can't get Ollie Skip, and Norwich do also want a central midfielder, I think, to kind of cover the hole that has been left by Ollie Skip, because I don't think they've really done that with anyone else they brought in. So, if they get linked with a 20 million striker now for the rest of the window, just ignore it. <laughs> Let's do us all a favour. Um, that'll be grand. Uh, and we'll see how it goes over the coming uh, weeks. Uh, what we should just really briefly talk about is the fact that obviously Mo Moritz Leitner has finally been released. Um, and I think he's playing in Zurich now. So good on him. Hope he gets to play some football because it's a bit criminal that he hasn't had the chance for whichever reason. Marco Stieperman, wish him all the best. I think he sort of fell out of love with football and had a really difficult time with his own health. So Good luck to him in just enjoying playing football back in Germany, which is what sounds like likely. Uh, Mario Vrancic is ripping it up for Stoke, by the way. What a lovely thing that is to see. Um, and uh, Emmy Buendia was sold. <laughs> so I was just throwing that one in. Uh, Todd Campbell's not going to Aston Villa, by the way. Um, yeah, well, you might go somewhere else. I don't know. It depends who wants him. Um, yeah, Emmy Wendy. injured, by the way. 
Who? Emmy? It wasn't in the squad against we, Villa, the last was, Villa game. Well, um, I, Stu, I, I, you, I you were there. Yeah. yeah, I was at the game. I'm, I'm not sure what the, the deal was in terms of Villa, but they seem to just... They've obviously got a list of players that they think are already match fit enough, and I think it was a case of trying some new things, getting some okay. some young players some game time. Although they did have knocks to a couple of key players. Uh, Ollie Watkins had a bit yeah. of one, and then somebody else got a bit of a knock. That um, escapes me right now. That's the difference <laughs> between sitting in the production truck and commentating the game. Your memory atrophies quicker. But, um, I, I mean, I, think, I, I, um, I was going to just just to take it on to Emmy, Stu. I mean, uh, is that... <laughs> briefly, is that something where Norwich are really going to miss him or have they kind of done enough to sort of improve the team for the lack of their you know, most creative player? I think, so I've pointed this out numerous times prior to, to Sir Emi getting sold and I think it's important to do it again, is every time we've sold our best player under the current administration in charge of the club, we have got better. So, I mean, if you look at when Madison was sold, I mean, Godfrey wasn't necessarily the best player, but he was probably like some of the parts, the most talented player that, that, that we had in terms of the level he could hit. And, or, or at least up there, but whenever we've sold some of our best players, we have got better under the current administration. Now, I think the biggest thing that Norwich City have done this summer is the, the change tactically. And I just think that we're going to be a far better proposition in the Premier League setting up the way that we're going to set up this season. I think part of that is, I've already mentioned how they've tried to replace Emmy with various different players doing various different jobs. I think that's that's obviously a good thing. But I think tactically just the, the setup this season is going to, it's going to suit us better. I'm not sure it would have suited Emmy better. So that's that that's a kind of interesting sort of double faceted, double edged sword, whatever you want to call it, thing to look at. Now, I, I think of course we're gonna miss Amy, like because he's a magnificent world class potential player that I think is gonna have a couple of years at Villa and then be playing Champions League most of the rest of his career until he winds down. So I I think obviously you're gonna miss a player of that calibre, but I think the team as a whole could improve again. And I think we might be a better Premier League team this season without Amy than we were the last time when we had him. But I do know that at Villa, they are absolutely blown away by how good he is. And it's kind of maybe offsetting the Grealish factor for some of them a wee bit, but not enough. Blah. Oh, well. Um, we'll, we'll see how that all pans out, obviously. Um, and we will probably talk up a little bit more about Norwich's setup. But I think what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to have a sting. This is exciting. Sting time! I mean, I just quite like that music, to be honest. So I hope you enjoyed the sting. Uh, that's going to be a welcome relief in this uh, podcast. <laughs> um, uh, Stu, we'll, we'll call this section, this is almost fantasy football, because uh, that's what we've sort of moved on to there. Oh, John's gone. John's had enough. Um, uh, yeah, this is normally when we look a bit forward. Um, but I do just want to reflect slightly on pre-season and some of the actual action uh, i mean it was quite amusing watching the kingsling game and then seeing the friendly highlights later and seeing how slow it all was which i think was probably in my head compared to the euros um and then we obviously it was a bit of a mishmash after all that we've had covid tests and orange have had two 
fewer friendlies than they, they wanted. And originally they wanted to go to Germany where they were going to have three three games and that came and went. So it's not really been, Maddie, a, a preseason like any other Daniels had, even in the midst of a, a, the the, uh, the pandemic at the start. You know, last summer was a, was a better preseason and that was only three weeks after only three weeks break. So um, I, I don't know if you watched the Newcastle game either, but uh, is there sort of... A bit of trepidation there in the fact that come Liverpool at Carrow Road on Saturday, you know, Daniel Farker may have to choose to play some players who have had almost no pre-season, such as Grant Hanley. It's difficult, isn't it, with pre-season? Because, you know, watching Gillingham, when I was in the stadium, you know, watching us hit five past them and you're thinking, oh, this is fantastic. We're going to storm the Premier League, you know, welcome to Europe. And then you have to remind yourself, no, it's, it's Gillingham. You know, let's calm down. It's pre-season. Hold, you hold your horses. And then you had the same with Newcastle. You're like, oh, we got battered against Newcastle when we looked awful in the second half and all you know we need a new centre back and we need this and we need that so I think from the fans emotional perspective it's left us with more trepidation before Newcastle before Liverpool and you look at say Pookie who's not really played Hanley I'm not sure he's played Gibson has played a little bit so yeah you have some players who aren't match fit in the slightest and I, I think it's going to be a guessing game normally before a match you can kind of guess with you know, accuracy to about nine or ten players, how Farker will line his team up. But I think this time it's anyone's guess. Formation, lineup, you know, personnel. I think you could guess five or six different kinds of teams with different kinds of lineups and be in with a shout of being correct. So it's an interesting one. I think I'm nervous, but then I think, you know, you can't you can't not be nervous. We're facing Liverpool at Carrow Road at the for the first game of the Premier League. How can you not be nervous about that? But I don't know if it's to Norwich's benefit not having had the preseason because we looked very different between Kingsling and Gillingham. So perhaps there was more time to work behind the scenes and, and play games against each other. I don't know. It seemed like something had gone right in that time. So I think it's just a case of wait and watch and see and look forward to that press conference on Friday where you know we just hope he doesn't reel off a list of 10 or 11 injured players to start the season. Oh my gosh! I can't believe you just said that because that that <laughs> will be that would be the whole bring it back to the normality of things. I will never get over the first the, the first pre match press conference in Project Restart where you're yeah. like, okay, here we go. Straight and it was back just literally like they'd all got injured in the space of four days before the first game back and it's like well, wow you tweeted for the newcastle game something along the lines of our oh, norwich haven't really started the second half with much pizzazz and then within two minutes we conceded and it's yeah. like oh it's fantastic it's back to 2019 2020 that was exactly yeah. the way we seem to approach all of our matches in the second half of the premier league so yeah hopefully we're not falling into old habits like that i mean there is uh, there is what a year yeah, quite. I mean, th there is a lot I could say about the Newcastle friendly, and I just don't really want to say it because I just don't think it's fair. Like, well, let's see if it happens in a competitive game. But I mean, John, Norwich's start is ridiculous. I mean, I was thinking during the Newcastle game, if Norwich win this, probably everyone will get a bit carried away. So maybe it's good that they've you know been done <laughs> and, and and looked a little bit off it as soon as Newcastle stepped up the gear. Um, I mean, no one's going to get carried away. I mean, Norwich could feasibly lose, you know, four and five nil in their first two games. And that would be par for the course, wouldn't it? It's Liverpool at home and Manchester City away. You can just get thrashed by them. I think it's then Leicester at home and Arsenal away. So, you know, that's, that's a tricky start. And then, of course, in the back of my mind, I've got, well, actually, Norwich only lost one of those four games two years ago in corresponding fixtures. 
And then on the flip side of that, again, if I've flipped over too many sides, uh, Norwich host Watford in their fifth game and everyone's clearly like, well, we've got to win that one. So what a start, hey, John? I will say, Mike, I didn't get much of that. All I had was what a start. But I guess you're talking about <laughs> the first few games that we've got up. It's, I guess it's kind of good in a way that it, it stops them from creating a momentum. And when those big teams are on a momentum, it's harder to stop that kind of that rolling boulder flying towards you that we're going to have. Liverpool have got a few injuries, I believe. I mean, but it means nothing, doesn't it? We're going to play them all twice in different places and the different times of the year. I mean, just got to hope that people don't get too upset when we might not s- score a goal in the first five games, let alone get a point. Who knows? We might surprise everyone. We might you know, go away and, and get a you know a really good performance. Like we did that first Liverpool game we played oh, two years ago now. And, you know, everyone was talking about how well kind of Norwich started the game. We ended up losing it 4-1, didn't we? So we just need to make sure that we don't go into it looking all wide-eyed and, and smiley because we're in the Premier League again. I mean, this week start to need to take it seriously this time. It's the first time I think we've spent a good, a lot of money on, on the squad and, and got rid of the, the, the players that weren't going to get involved much and kind of refresh the squad. It feels like a different Norwich a little bit, maybe. Who knows? And literally, who knows? No one knows, Michael. You don't know. <laughs> I no don't one know, knows. Audrey no. doesn't know. Maddie doesn't know. No one knows. And no one in the in the comments that we're ignoring <laughs> knows either. So we just, no, just enjoy the ride, smile, nod a bit, and go, oh, well, never mind. Let's go and sit in a seat in Carrow Road and watch fireballs come out of the ground like they Me, do but, normally yeah. when we go to the Premier League. By the way, yeah, fans are back at Carrow Road. I should probably say that. We, we are at the moment having fans back, which will obviously be exciting. Um, uh, Maddie, can you wait for Saturday? Oh, I'm buzzing. Tuesday was fantastic. It was so nice to just be sat there for a game that didn't matter and you could just sit there and enjoy it with your mates and just chat and watch football and chant and not care about the result. Even, you know, I, I guess losing 1-0 to Gillingham or whatever would have been worse than winning 5-0, but it was just fantastic. And I mean, I know the, the club have got ideas of what they want to do for Saturday, which is, of course, exciting and oh, it's just going to be fantastic. I just That first on the ball city, I know everyone said it, but it's just going to be spine tingling. I think there will be, I think the attendance will be lower than perhaps we're thinking now. I think a fair few people will, will choose not to come as is, you know, of course they're right. And if, if, if that's what they want to do, that's fair enough. I think, you know, the lack of, of COVID checks on the gates is a bit worrying for some people, but I, I don't know. I, I just can't look past that first on the ball city and how it's going to make me feel and how it's going to make everyone feel. And hopefully how it's going to make the players feel. Yes, fingers crossed. Um, and I can't believe it's January 2020 that I was with you guys setting up the flags ahead of the Bournemouth game. And it's basically probably been like two or three home games since then where you've had to do it. So yeah. um, I hope you're going to be a car road, you know, from like 10 o'clock doing all of that special <laughs> stuff out for everyone, which would be wonderful. Um, I, I mean, I have just tweaked with, you know, 45 minutes into this recording and however long into the podcast i haven't even talked about daniel parker signing a new four-year contract Hodgie. so do you want to do you want to mention that because quite a big deal really isn't it I, I suppose i suppose um you know it's it's a big season for daniel that's the thing that sticks in the back of my mind you know he's, he's got quite a bit to prove at this level i think um i don't know maybe that's heresy but what do you reckon um, i think he's i think he's earned it number one because he's he's got us promoted as champions twice. I do agree with you, though. I think this is the season where, to be honest, it might decide whether he sees the deal out. I think if we bounce back down, then there's a good chance that we'll we'll have Daniel Farka 
for a, for a wee bit longer that, that, than maybe we will have if he manages to establish Norwich City in the Premier League because if he does then if you are teams in England looking at that or even more so teams in Germany looking at that where there's already a great deal of interest in what he's managed to do at Norwich City then I, I think it's I think it's even I think clubs will be more inclined to pay whatever uh, is, is due to Norwich City to do that. And I think that's probably part of, I mean, I don't know if it's, it's sort of factored in the discussions over the deal, but definitely from Norwich City's perspective, such a good manager, you want to make sure you, you, you basically secure a transfer fee for him in the way out. And the way to do that is to make sure that he's got a good length in his contract. So I think either way for Norwich City, with that in mind, it's a win-win. Um, so if we do go down, we've got a manager that is proven in terms of getting us back out of that division uh, and someone who's been over the course, someone who won't panic, someone who will, will, will know what to do to, to get a relegated team sort of back thinking positively again and ready to bounce back. And if we do stay up, then at least we're making sure that we're not losing, uh, a, I mean, what one of... I mean, I don't know where you would put them in the pantheon of Norwich City managers, top five, top three, whatever. Then one of the best managers the club's ever had, you're making sure you're not losing them a snip. And I think that's that's important. So it's, it's a win-win for the club, whatever way you look at it. And for Daniel himself, I, I mean, I've got to say I'm delighted because he's built something special here in terms of the connection he's got with the supporters, in terms of the football that we've played I think when you look back, and, and I think in our last podcast before we, we finished for the summer, John, you alluded to this a wee bit, and that was, I, I think just the, uh, you thought the, the second campaign, or the second title winning campaign, sorry, under Farca was was particularly special just because of how much we bossed it. And I think that's that's really, really good to look back on, and particularly in a COVID-condensed season, all of that stuff, I think you'd have look back on. But I'll look back, I must admit, now part of this is because fans were there, I think, as well, uh, and all of the dramatic league comebacks and stuff. But that first title-winning campaign under him was absolutely amazing. And, I mean, that Millwall game, I've never, I don't think I'll ever be at another game of football like that. It was so special to, to watch the last 10 minutes of that unfold. And he's done so much of that sort of stuff. And, yeah. I mean, I couldn't be happier. Sorry, that was a longer answer. Than, I loved it. Well, you know what? It was um, it was perfectly uh, a perfect tribute to Daniel Farker, who uh, long may his long answers reign because uh, life would be a bit dull in press conferences without them. Um, I'm just glad I remembered to bring that up because we could have possibly gone through the whole pod without talking about the, the manager signing a new four-year deal. So that would have been good work. Um, well, I think we're looking forward to Liverpool then on Saturday. Let's say that way, and looking forward to getting going. I'll have a quick look through some of you, uh, some of your comments for those listening to the pod. We're actually uh, recording this live on a video stream and we'll be doing that each week so bear that in mind if everyone get involved uh richard daniels i'm not nervous in the slightest he says excited to be back with nothing to lose in the first four games any points in those games would be a bonus we'll be looking at performance over results i mean that does though john put the pressure on the watford game doesn't it uh probably i mean it's interesting that you said it as a bonus so i get this is this is the kind of the mentality i want Norwich maybe to get out i know we've just we're upcoming we're champions last season we were champions of the championship so we should like go with a little bit of more i don't know what the, what the word is a little bit more arrogance maybe a little bit i don't know maybe we need to start showing a little bit more arrogance as a team like like villa did like leeds did and just go and attack these teams and maybe the amount of forwards we've been linked with and bought and put into that the first kind of 
the last third of, or maybe the, the last third, the, kind of the forward half of the team. And we haven't done much at the back, have we? So maybe we're going to go and attack teams. Who knows? All I'm saying is, Rich, is a good point. I mean, it, I understand the bonus thing, but maybe we shouldn't think that anymore. That was feels like old Norwich. This is new Norwich. We're going to go and compete, hopefully, against the, the big teams. I thought we were too is that, naive. Is that positive last time. enough? I'm, not, I'm normally oh, quite was... negative and natural. I'm going to be. I'm going to be more positive this season. Oh, it was beautiful, John. It was beautiful. Uh, Ollie, Ollie Crook tips in, which might we might come on to what you can say, but have you heard any whispers that we're going to change our base formation going into this year? I mean, it's notable. I think I said it in my video verdict that you know I've seen Norwich player. A four three two one, a three four two one, a three four one two, a four two three one, uh, a three five two flatter, and I'm pretty sure Daniel would like to play a four one four one or a four four one one if he could. And of course, base formations mean nothing because everything's so fluid. But you know, it's a good subject to talk about. And you know, there is a fundamental difference between playing three and four at the at the back, um, particularly. But uh, what do you reckon, Stu? I mean, I do think that tactical tactical flexibility is something that wasn't there two years ago and has to happen this time. I think there's two main formations we'll play. We'll play uh, five at the back with wing backs when we need it, and I think we'll play. I mean, the thing is, you can interpret formations as or different things. What I would call a four-three-three, which is we wingers wide, one up front, and then three in the midfield. But that doesn't mean that it's a flat three. It means you've essentially got different players can move at different times. Probably one natural sitter in the middle, and then the other two, Les Malone, Gilmore, or whatever variation it may be. Um, moving forward beside that. So that's the formation that I expect us to go in with, which, by the way, is a big change from the the, the 4 2 three, one, which has been pretty much the mainstay of most of Daniel Farkas' time here, barring when he's, he's switched it late in games Indeed. for something. Uh, and that failed project restart formation change, which didn't quite work, mm-hmm. um, even though we were all hopeful it did when he, when he moved to two up front. So... Yeah, I, I think I think we will see a different base formation. Um, and just before you come on to the the, the list one, Michael, can, can I ask one just while I'm I'm in one yeah. of spiels? And that is, do you think Adam Eder is currently the first choice striker going into the the first game of the new season? Just talking about Liverpool. No, no, I think Timo will start. Even you I think, think he'll, he'll get he'll, he'll chuck a full week of work in, and then Timo will start. Can't a question, yeah. can it? If as long as uh, Timo Pukki is fit, he starts. But is he not risking like severe fatigue because he's played so much football in such a, a, he's had a long enough for a couple of years? Yeah, I don't know. I know, but I, I what just the think, hell are you talking about? I worry more about the mental effect of the Denmark game on him because I know Ericsson now is okay, and you know we're we're all very thankful for that. But that was traumatic. I mean, even as fans sitting at home watching that, it was horrific. You know, we, we saw him and we saw it in graphic detail. And I wonder, I hope he's had plenty of support from both the Finland national team and Norwich for that. Because, you know, thinking from a psychology point of view, that's my background. Imagining walking onto a football pitch and every time you see one of your teammates go down or you you, you maybe panic about putting in a tackle. And I remember the commentator mm-hmm. saying... Um, Oh, if if Pookie had got the captain sent off, he wouldn't have been there for Ericsson, which I thought was a horrible thing to say if that got back to Pookie. But you know, that's that's I... mentality. So I just I just hope he's okay and that they've looked after him with that because perhaps more than the football inside of things, that's gonna have really affected him over the summer. 
It's a wonderful point. Um, I mean, I'm sure for most of us, probably the worst thing I've ever seen watching a game of football, which I would imagine goes for pretty much anyone who's watched a game of football. So, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, maybe I will ask him that when, when we next get to speak to him, Maddie, if someone else doesn't do it first. Um, but, yeah, I, I think possibly Adam, to answer your point as well, Stu, I think if Adam had done more in pre-season, then I think he could have had that opportunity. But I just don't think he's done enough, uh, uh, sadly. Um, and I thought that was probably the case against Newcastle as well. So um, I was going to flash this up from DN4212125, who is well in the know. He says that Pauk are holding on to uh, Jolis for one more game and Norwich and Pauk are negotiating the sell-on. So is go. that a new formation that Norwich are doing as well? The 4212125? Because <laughs> so. that is literally 20 players on the pitch. And then I reckon we might beat Liverpool. Um I think that's it. Uh, was there another one I was going to flag up? No. There was um, some. Lo- I've been reading all the comments. They've been really, really good. They've been oh, well everyone's done. really excited and like interesting. So really, most people want to know about rumours. Basically, are we going to bring yeah. a, a centre back in? Are we going to bring a defensive player in? Most people have said that actually. There's been some good we, chant we, ideas as well. Good chant ideas. Were there, Matt? Yeah. Can you? Well, not, not um, right at the beginning, I think oh, it was a Tom or a Thomas was coming up with stuff, and they were brilliant. About Good the ideas. I like this. I mean, that that um, tell you what, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll I'll keep that in mind. What I did want to end on was Zach Gray, who says, "Staying up or going down, who cares? I'll still be there," which is Aww. obviously the sentiment that we should definitely end on. Um, in terms of the podcast so well said slack um whatever happens we'll all be back again this time next year we're talking about whichever it is that's ahead of us because that's part of the fun of football isn't it exactly um right well uh we got some questions in. we've done everything i think this is a roaring success and i hope um uh, by the odd <laughs> john's not sure uh, by okay. the odd connection <laughs> issue um it's been a treat and we are recording live so um apologies if it's not quite as polished as, as it has been in the past but there we go this is this is how it'll be for now and i hope you enjoy it uh, that is it and time for the 75th edition of on the ball the norris city podcast that is now officially ready for the new season if you're yet to do so uh, make sure you subscribe via your podcast a player of choice the pod is available free for everyone on your usual player and we are now streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels so just search michael bailey the athletic norwich city and your preferred social platform and hopefully it will turn up uh you'd like to think wouldn't you uh ratings and reviews wherever prompted are also and always hugely appreciated and if you want to get in touch with us um offer any questions or topic proposals sling me a direct message on twitter <laughs> at Michael J. Bailey. I'm not sure what John's doing, but it seems like he's trashing the place. Um, <laughs> it's a long way you continue. Uh, a big thank you uh, to our guests on this season preview podcast. They are Stu Hodge. Thanks, Stu. Hi, yeah, thank you for having me, Michael. Absolutely nailed it. Uh, thank you very much, John Rogers. Thank you, everyone. Have a nice and, night. Indeed. And a stellar debut from Along Come Norwich's Maddie McKenzie. Thank you so much, Maddie. Can we do it again? Can you come on again? I'd love to. Cheers for having me on, Michael. Thanks, everyone. We'll do it again. Definitely. Uh, Right. We'll be back next week for loads more Canaries. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) In another On the Ball Norwich City podcast. Until then, and this is definitely going to work, never mind the danger.
and again. clear now. We are clear. As we're still John live, and Maddie, we're still live. This is it, Maddie. Can welcome. we do what we normally do now? Wait, yes, John. Welcome to Wits End. Welcome, Finally. all of you Twitterkers. That's I right. Am. We're going to keep doing this, and Maddie's got no idea what's going on. Um, <laughs> no, if clear. any of you, if any of you, have stumbled across this for the first time, this is on the audio podcast or on the video feed. I'm wondering why on earth this podcast hasn't ended. Um, listen to On the Ball podcast number 42, which went live on September the 8th, 2020. It's all explained there. You can email this part of the show uh, or podcast directly, twitterkers at iCloud.com, or use the hashtag twitterkers on Twitter. Just don't explain what it refers to, obviously, because this is a secret club for only those who discover it. This is the choice. I don't know if this so is going to work you, with how we're doing it, what, because we're now on video. For that. No, but go. what I was trying to do, I was trying Sorry, to John, match yes. up um, Hodgie's black bars like he's oh, on the video. two phones oh, it failed yeah. miserably and i just ruined your ending so i do apologize no it's so not part Maddie, where you can, you can swear you can be you can well just, like, hang on whoa, whoa, whoa. no stop it john don't this was not ratified so believe it or not the pod was scripted so this is the bit that's theoretically not we do just pick out a few random things it's only a few minutes i feel like um, i'm this... the illuminati it's quite exciting no, exactly. because most people stone cutters out the simpsons here but you I do. Do. I'm, I'm going to go dark now, okay? Yeah, I have so a shit okay. this is. John's gone dark. <laughs> so, um, obviously, you know, a, a proportion of people will hear the end credits and just switch off and or skip the next podcast, which is great because they've listened to the end of the podcast, so we take that. But if some people sort of accidentally leave it on, Maddie's got a torch out, which doesn't really work for the audio recording, but we'll take it. Um, you know, hanging on, and you get to listen to, listen to, to Wits End, and it's a secret club, and we can do stuff on social media, but we don't obviously say that it's part of Wits End because it's all secret. Um, anyway um randomly through this um two guys or no uh, uh uh it was charlie isn't it he set up a, a website twitterkers.co.uk nothing to do with me but he set it all up i haven't had a chance to look at it he was going to relaunch it but it's going to be very covert so i reckon by doing this and now ex- acknowledging that uh, wit's end is continuing hopefully twitterkers.co.uk will have something exciting for next week i don't know we'll have to see but um it's a right I'm good website it's an amazing website. Um, that again. <laughs> <laughs> John asked me to, Maddie. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. John asked me to do my rubbish Norfolk yeah. accent. And I no, to no, 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 no. He no, retracts no. that request now. I do. Now, um, what I will say, if it, we, we're obviously, because it's the start of the season, we're sort of short of uh, continuing themes of conversation. So if anyone wants to say anything that sort of bugged them or in the back of their mind over the course of, uh, of the season, then uh, over the course of the summer, then that would be grand. Um, one of the notes I did have here was players who were, whose song was better than them. Um, which I think was one of the subjects we discussed last, uh, well, we last season. But, um, but yeah, I can't, I can't think of anyone else who came up, but you did say um, someone uh, posted a comment, didn't they about a, uh, about uh songs as well didn't you maddie so i was just going to have a look for that um you, you know when uh, you see other teams have a player and they go and they get the ball yeah i think we've got one now who's that what do you think you think nah, opposition John fans will... wants the vindaloo chant to catch ah, it's on. going to be a vindaloo Oh, he, he, he'd be so upset with me if I didn't mention it. He wants that. 
What pun did you say? Yeah, my my big boss. <laughs> he hasn't got an H in his, in his first name. What's he known? Oh, very true. <laughs> I can't wait <laughs> for like that. When Pierre first signed, I'm sure I saw a tweet that said uh, that said uh, Melu Yellow. Uh, they call him Yellow Melu, which I thought was great, but yeah, no one else really call liked. him Yellow Melu. I quite like yeah. that, but yeah, I, I think that one's it's a bit less mass appeal. Yeah, Vindaloo is probably better and fresh in the memory given the Euros. So, so there we go. Um, we'll give so money to Keith Allen. Don't do that. That <laughs> I've, I've got one. My phone might be about to die, so if I get cut off in my prime here, you know why. You've been saying that for an hour. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's about to die, definitely. Like, it's now in the last smidgen of a red bar. Yeah, um, yeah, this yeah. isn't a Norwich one, but one of my favourite ones for a player who had a chant better than him, Celtic had a fullback called Chaduri. And uh, the chant was, Don't you wish your fullback was Chaduri? <laughs> Um, which I thought was really, really good. Well, I like that. I like that. Um, well, to be honest, I think that's probably all we need for Wits End this, uh, this evening. Um, you I, you I, can't I, end I, on a point about Celtic, mate. <laughs> like, you can't, can't no. be done. Can't you can't end on a point with him singing either. That's the last thing we want. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, this well, is the value. Me singing and doing that is the why people here's come. One. Here's one. So I saw my athletic Back colleague. Back chat. I saw my athletic colleague, the wonderful Carl Anker, uh, tweet a thread which was um, bad predictions amnesty. So basically just getting out your baseless predictions out before anything happens based on nothing. So um, is there anything baseless in terms of Orange City season that you want to throw out there as a prediction? Um, and we can maybe you know note them down for the rest of the season. Uh, something, you know, like, uh, I don't know, anything. Um, but, uh, I mean... I I'm going to go with one. I've got oh, a good one. Go on I don't think we're, we're, we are not going to have a red card the whole of the season. Wow. Put your mortgage on it, everyone. Okay. Without Emmy, that's possible. Well, how about Emmy gets sent off at Carrow Road? I'm going to say that. December the 14th. Kenny or Grant getting him sent off is, is a given. Yeah. And Farker, we'll look and go... <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get a wink that would be amazing we're gonna get a, wink. We get a double I, wink. I, i've I, i've got one i think max aarons will have worn the captain's armband before the end of the season yeah mine because i've gone the whole hour without mentioning his name is that the one and only Lingy Sorensen is going to be Norwich's player of the season. I can just feel it. I've got a bet on that if he does do it, I have to get a tattoo of his initials and his number. So I'm, I'm almost hoping now that he doesn't, but absolutely, he's, he can do it. He can be our player of the season. He's getting his name on the Barry Butler. Mark my words. Bookmark this prediction. It's happening. <laughs> so JLS. Sure. I mean, people might get a bit confused when they see that. Yeah. Oh, it's worth I, it. I had some... I heard some doubts expressed about Yanulis' performance against Newcastle, right? And seeing some universe we don't bring in and more cover at left back, is Lungi Sorensen going to, Jacob going to do that as a left back again? Now that he's like, I mean, he's more experienced in the position than he was, having never played a game there. So like, is he going to do it there, Maddie, or is he going to do no, it? I, I want right to see him in defensive midfield. I want to see him in his proper role. You know, let him have the chance to shine. And Demi, to be fair, I thought he was one of our best players on the pitch against Gillingham. He just looked absolutely awesome. So, you know, maybe one bad game against Newcastle. But yeah, I, I want Lungi in defensive midfield and I want everyone to go, oh yeah, he is really good. Maddie, you're right. Well done. 
you know, that's all I want. It's just the laugh, personal it? gratification. That's what I like. Oh my god, there's more breaking news. Oh what? Harvey, there's more breaking news. What's happened? Someone said that the I don't know how to say his name again. Greek guy. Greek guy is a done deal. I don't know if it's true. William M is saying it, and I know William M. He must. Well, we've got our leading journalist here. He's on YouTube, so he must know what he's talking about. I have to say, actually. Oh, here we go. Here we go, people. This is what we've been waiting for. Someone has Someone did message me in the last five minutes to say Palk have said yes. Oh. So. On the ball exclusive. This is what people want. That is positive. It's someone I trust. That's like why you couldn't end Wits End five minutes ago. There what a return for on the ball this is, man. Two transfers two in one goal. Love Booyaka it. Cha. So there we go. Um, I, I will stick to my original statement, which is that I will be much more confident once he's physically in Norwich and on a plane that isn't getting cleaned. But um, <laughs> we, we, we will see. But I have to say, having uh, spent a bit of time looking at the clips of Christos Jolis, Jolis. Okay, I'm going to write it out. Are you sure? What a note to go out on. Right. Um, we, we've gone. Ah, yes. Now, um, so that's it pretty much. Um, there are um, there are a couple of Twitter accounts dedicated to Twitterkers as well and Witsend, so keep an eye out for those. I mentioned the website, didn't I? Uh, get emailing in with your players whose song were better than they are if you want. Uh, the email is Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com. Um, and also, normally, before we wrap up, we have... Emmy other business, which was of course an Emmy pun. We can't do that now. So I mean, should we have as um, as a as a Stephen Pass said? Um, so should we just simply revert to any other business and be done with it? Yeah. Okay. Um, that is that was our Emmy other business for this week, and we've officially renamed it to Ken Kenny other business. I, I, I've got I've got a suggestion. Um, yeah. I've got a suggestion. Yes. You could change it to like any more to tell me, like Omobami Daily. No, or is that, no. Is that very tenuous? Wow. No, okay. okay. That's, that's, that's that, is a, that is a signal to end the podcast. All right, all right, all right. I blame a man for trying. <laughs> never, never. I'm glad you tried. Just never do it again. Um, <laughs> we are we are done. That was wonderful and exactly what this podcast oh, should be it. all about. Um, I John it. loved it. Uh, I, I love you all very much. Great. I loved um, it. I loved it. <laughs> um, you know how to get in touch. Don't forget the don't forget the hashtag Twitterkers if you want to talk, talk to us on on Twitter especially because I can't really follow hashtags on other memes. Uh, Woody in Norwich says OTBC. That's just an excuse for me to get practicing with the commenting <laughs> function. And I think we're done. I, I don't know if I actually know how to end this. Um, which is going to be a bit of a, so I'm going to end this now. Um, Maddie, thank you again so much. Aces. We'll, uh, we'll get you on before, uh, but you probably should go on the long coverage one before you come back on here. Uh, yeah, Stu, thank you so much. In top stuff, Stu's Always frozen. a pleasure, never a chore. <laughs> There's Stu. Uh, John, legend, thank you. Always a chore, never a pleasure, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Bye, everyone. Right. Thank you for listening. Bye. Um, uh, that's it. That's time. Time is up. Good Thanks morning. all. Until next time, that's a rope. <laughs>